Hello and welcome to a special New Year's episode of Horus Heretics. I'm one of your hosts, Neil. And I'm your other host, William. And we're here for a very special episode <laughs> uh, for for New Year's. Um, we haven't read a book. We haven't done anything. So <laughs> we're largely freestyling this, but we've put together a, a short list of questions that I thought we would ask each other. And hopefully that will lead to some interesting conversations and uh, discussion about that. Is that okay with you, Will? Yeah, and it's a chance to, we're looking back on everything we've read and discussed this year and picking out some of our favourite things from amongst that. And But using it as a chance to just kind of, I don't know, summarise. Or our, our, our performance this year. <laughs> or look back and, you know, reflect, which is what we're meant to do this time of year. Um, but yeah, that's 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 it basically for this episode. So that all of which is to say, that's an excuse for us to have not read a book. Um, thank, thank God, man. <laughs> thank God. So, what have you done with your um, with your time that you would have otherwise used to read a Horace Heresy book? I've read fucking good books. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah. Um, God, uh, it's been it's been a fucking pleasure. Um, what have I got? There and luckily enough, like it, you get a, a bit more of a chance to read some other books, and chances are those could be like real shit books. But um, the past few ones that I've done are spectacular. Uh, there's a book called Convenience Store Woman, which I would uh, urge everybody to go and read. It's really funny. It's really sweet. It's um, about a Japanese. A girl who starts working in a convenience store uh, over her sort of late school life just as a way to earn more money and just stays there because it sort of fits her lifestyle. You, you start the book and you think, I think she's um, probably autistic or, or, you know, something like that. Um, and it's just about her life and experiences with friends and co-workers and stuff. Uh, it's super short, and I think it's really one of the best books I've read in a year or two. Great. What about you? Uh, I've not been doing a whole lot of reading. Um, I, d- I wanna, have. You want to keep yourself pure? I, <laughs> <laughs> only read, <laughs> only read Black Library books. Um, no, I, the, I, I'm trying to like, I'm struggling to find a way of saying this without potentially sounding pretentious, but like. I'm reading uh, A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens, um, which I don't think is, like, it's particularly... It's a great book. Yeah, yeah. Like, um never read it before. I really like Dickens. And, like, I actually think Dickens is, you know, he's obviously... The reason I'm worried about sounding pretentious because obviously he's, you know, appears in the classic literature section and would be thought of as, you know, part of the pantheon of, you know, great writers in English. But, like, it's actually really accessible you know i mean i think whenever you start reading dickens you just go oh holy shit this is like a comic book or something yeah yeah it's like i mean obviously it's sometimes it's not accessible in terms of just references to things that you don't know because you're not from the 19th century but you can usually find that out if you've got like a book that's got footnotes and stuff but like um, and that motherfucker uses too many commas in a sentence oh yeah i mean sometimes his writing is on a technical level it's not good i guess you know what i mean it's like he does things that you're just told not to do that's what we're doing everyone we're critiquing dickens right now <laughs> i know he's no dan abner 
<laughs> but no, like, um, I do really like Dickens just because it's entertaining. Um, and I haven't read uh, Tale of Two Cities, so and I'd kind of like I read like the first couple of chapters uh, a few months ago, but I didn't have the book, so I got that as a present. And yeah, so get stuck into that. But mostly, I've been just doing other stuff, watching TV or playing video games and just hanging out yeah so but it's been nice to just have a wee break um uh but yeah it's good to it's good to get back to some podcast and chat and especially when we like we're sort of freed from the strictures of having to actually remember shit from a specific book but i suppose in some ways it's worse we have to remember stuff from all the <laughs> all the books we've read thus far <laughs> so we'll see how that goes and um, wikipedia may be essential here but uh We'll see, or or you know, wikis on Games Workshop and stuff. We may need to delve into those at times to remember the name of characters. But let's see how it goes. Cool. So, if you're all right with this, we'll get stuck in with the first question. I will ask it. Okay. It's one of the big questions. The best character. Best character. Um, I suppose we could split this up into best character and favorite character. Because if it's best character, I, I I'm sort of all at sea at that question. But I certainly have a favorite character. Well, yeah, I mean, I I kind of was just thinking of it as favorite character. Um, but yeah, I, I did sort of think there's a number of ways you could have gone with this. So it, like, I think the closest that I can remember, at least in terms of a central character, the closest that it came to actual complexity, you know, sort of human complexity, was probably the. Uh, two good friends at the heart of the Dark Angels, uh, Zadkiel and Nemiel. Well remembered. Um, yeah, uh, is is those two? If you're looking at it from that point of view, um, yeah. But then you could go down other routes, like you know, we've had a bunch of good uh, villains in terms of really hammy villains. You know, yeah, that's true. But let's let's talk about Zadkiel and Nemiel for a oh, bit. Okay. Um, the reason why they were so good was that they had they were very similar people when they were young. They wanted the same things. They had the same desires, which was to join their knightly order, um, which I think was called the order. Um, but it started off them sort of the the writer kind of painting Namiel as a little bit um, vindictive that he was like the Salieri to the. Zadkiel's Mozart almost that he was just one step behind um, but then he he did a really good job of like mixing that up as the book went on and making you think you know what Namiel's right to be pissed off with Zadkiel at this point like he's a dick um, but also Zadkiel himself himself is, is um, not immune to like feeling a bit put upon by Namiel as well, and it's uh, it just seemed like two humans, yeah. which is which is very unlike a lot of the relationships in this. Yeah, um, and it was <laughs> it's probably for that reason that I didn't select them as my either of them as my favorite characters because I was like, it's not really characteristic of these books, um, so I felt I needed to go for someone with a more straightforward gimmick and in that line some of the people i thought about were um lucius for instance is i feel like he's a real archetype of a certain type of you know well the chaos hothead basically or the hothead who turns to chaos he's 
he's going to always be the archetype i think in these books now for that yeah he he was great like at, at the start he was like a sort of aristocratic fencer who uh was just like above everybody else but by the end he was like a, a goth sleeping in a graveyard uh i liked him a lot is that is that you saying that he is your favorite? No, it is, or she- it is not. It is not. I was just saying he was an option, like oh, from a certain an option point. who you have discarded. Discarded. Though. Yeah. Um, so you have an answer to this. Do you want to give your answer, or do you want me to like prime you with mine? Uh, I can give my answer. Go ahead. And it's, I act on cruise. So is mine. <laughs> <laughs> You see, I really thought you were going to go for another character. Do you know who I thought you were going to go for? No. Eidolon. You had a real... Oh, yeah. I, I liked... Eidolon had some sort of arc. Like, he, he, he started off as, like, a really massive dick and then became evil. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I act on Cruise has always been the same. And like he would proudly say that I've never changed, lad. I've always been this way. You know, he's he he is a level of solidity in this universe. Not even chaos could make him any different. Well, I will say, Acton Cruz, like he started to become a bit less entertaining when he started to actually be useful to the protagonists yeah. of the story. Like, <laughs> it was almost just this weird situation where you're like. How like how can this guy be as useless as they say he is and still be in like you know you've got a sort of genetic super soldier who's like simultaneously just dismissed as an irrelevance you know by by all his uh, what should be his peers and it was yeah. just bizarre and they just literally talked about him like telling stories that bored them. Um, uh, but it, it is it is sort of crazy to think that these these are like vat grown super soldiers and yet i think um a, a phrase i used to describe him was a member of the cast from last of the summer wine <laughs> and, and like how can you genetically grow the ultimate killing machine and for him to become foggy from last in the summer wine <laughs> like that can't that's the the two can't be the same person but the writer thought, yeah, this is a way I'm going to take it. Uh, it's just hilarious to me. Yeah, I mean, I'd, like, I don't want to get into the whole aging thing again, but that was obviously a thing where I act on Cruise just, like, it's like they want to draw in tropes that you, that exist in relation to human beings in the context of, you know, these... Astartes, who in other contexts they're they want to highlight the difference of them, you know, like the, the, how different they are from normal humans, and yet they still want to draw on the storytelling of, of mm-hmm. normal human beings. So it just in this case, it, it it doesn't work, but it is also entertaining. But it's like within the same book, even within the same paragraph, sometimes the the authors are trying their best to distance them from normal humans, and remarking upon the distance. About like how can Anastartes yeah yeah uh, understand what it is to be human, but then at the same time, uh, bringing in you know some aspect of normal human relationships, it's um, 
it's incredibly difficult for the authors, but then, you know, I did make them write the books. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Okay, so we agree on the best character. In my mind, there was only one best character. Uh, none of them were heroes. <laughs> like, I did think, like, Salt Harvitz, uh, Nathaniel Garrow probably probably up there yeah i mean she's one of the one of the best of that genre of character like the, yeah. the protagonist straight arrow garrow <laughs> what was loken called again oh yeah star chars star chars uh, that's real bad but then he was i think he was called that by torgaden <laughs> who like worst character do we have a worst character um i hated him like <laughs> He was written so badly that I, I just started honestly thinking he was a character and I hated him, <laughs> you know, rather than just being like a collection of badly put together words. But there were a couple of great moments where you could like almost in the writing, you could almost feel the eye rolling from. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Next question, Will. Do you want to bring it up? Okay. So uh, this is a quite a vague way to find a question but it is what do we think was the best moment in uh, everything we've read so far so i guess this could be a general bit of the story or it could be a chance for us to uh, bring out one of the lines that we like to highlight as we discuss these books um see for the last question i thought we were going to come up with different answers for this question i was pretty sure we were going to come up with the same answer <laughs> So do you want to do you well, want to say what you? Well, like I, I, we've gone on a journey by doing this podcast. It all sort of largely started back a decade ago, whenever you gave me one of these books to read and I read it, and it had the it was the first one. Was it is that Horace Rising? Is that what it? That's the first one. Yeah, that's the first one. Um, and I texted you saying like, texted you the a picture of the line which was are you sanguine about that <laughs> and just love it just thinking like loving it and hating it at the same time and not quite knowing what to think of that and i think i remarked in the first episode of this podcast was like that line is the reason why we're doing this it doesn't get better than that but it it, it does get better than that <laughs> it's been better than that on many different <laughs> occasions so hmm I really like this isn't my top moment, but I really liked our first bonus episode when we talked about killing corn. <laughs> You're gonna make the moment you wrote yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I am a very vain person, Will. <laughs> I the <laughs> the story that I wrote that I did not submit to Black Library. It's the best thing they've ever not done. <laughs> okay, you, you've shamed me. Um, but people know. It's out there. People know. Um, it's two. It's it's between two things. And the fact that you are sure that you know what I've chosen uh, makes me think that you don't think these two are, are equal. Okay. But... Uh, the first thing is um, uh, sheltering fire 
in the shade of a great harpsichord. Of course, that's what I was thinking. Oh, was it? <laughs> that yeah. was my pick, yeah. Okay, that is, that's good writing. <laughs> that's just, that's good plotting. It's good writing. It just makes good sense. <clears throat> There's an enormous harpsichord. You're gonna you're gonna shelter from a rain of fire. I I had an idea for this episode that I was gonna suggest you, but I decided not to bother in the end. But I was gonna suggest and maybe we could do this at some point in the wind that we each try to come up with a fifty word like piece of action, basically, written like in the Black Library style. Like so probably something that was really you know, like you know, someone stabbed his you know the the stab the sharp bit came out of the bottom of his axe and went through someone's eyeball and pinned him to the <laughs> you know whatever but i was going to base mine around a giant instrument anyway uh if we'd had done I, that i think something that we might want to do is like about 50 words something really pithy on the production of a giant harpsichord like what is the history of that giant harpsichord? <laughs> Why so big? Sum it up in fifty words. <laughs> exactly, like, um, like writing school, William. I want you to describe to me fifty words or less. Look at the size of that harpsichord. Why is that there? Why did they buy it? What's its story? Envision yourself as that harpsichord. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that'd be quite quite interesting. Yeah. But anyway. That the the one thing that I would put up against it was our, the last episode. It was um, knowledge is power. Oh yeah, yeah. Hot white light leapt from his eyes. Like I just, I love that. I can't stop thinking about that. <laughs> if like if you think about, you could we could do that. We could make that our thing as prospective Black Library writers, which we aren't. But let's you know, um, well let's let's pretend for the moment that we are. Um, we we take sort of common maxims like that and make them literal. And I just I, it's it's so funny that he oh, knowledge is power yeah, it was, and it is just like eye laser beams, so good. Yeah, I did I did think of that one, but like my mind was a bit like, is that just because we did it recently? But I, I really yeah. do think it genuinely stands out as a good, a very high quality moment. Um, so yeah, I think those are good picks. Uh, so, unless you've got any other moments you want to discuss, we can move on to what we thought was the best legion of all the ones we've seen so far in these books. Now, I don't have an answer to this yet. I'm hope- hoping that I'm going to talk this one out. Yeah, I don't have an answer either. I have a sort of few candidates, I guess, floating around in my head, but I don't have a definitive answer. So, so we haven't met all of them yet. No, no. So, that's good. Um... It's not the Ultramarines, obviously. Um, in my head, it was it, up until like a couple of episodes ago. It was obviously the Thousand Sons. Yeah, they're one of my pyramid dwelling magicians. <laughs> yeah, libraries, orreries, astrologers. Yeah, they're good, but the last the last book had Motep in it. And he was a real dick, and I didn't like him. But he did do the knowledge of power thing, so... He did do the... Mmm. <laughs> mm, I didn't think about that. Like, he he did allow a lot of, sort of, normal humans to be killed, and he didn't care. But I think we can kind of take that as a baseline. It's probably... 
and each no, individual like, would be able to say is horrible in some way. Garo was pretty cool. Yeah. And the salamanders who we haven't met, they're not like that. They're pretty cool as well. Although we, I think we have met one or two salamanders. Have we? Yeah. I don't know what is the baseline for being a legion that we've encountered yet because there are like a couple of battles where there are ones involved that we haven't other really otherwise seen i think but mm. um but yeah i'm thinking anything that's been mentioned but fuck it it's probably the emperor's children right right they uh they had purple togas that's that's cool you can't say that's not cool i mean don't say. Don't even. I'm not claim that that's not. I was not just cool. going to say something else. They did it was even okay. Cooler, prob- yeah. Okay. If, if as long as you're going to agree with me, probably the number one um, expression. Not necessarily going to say the number one gimmick overall, but the number one expression of a gimmick by a legion that we've seen thus far is the idea of having a celebratory meal the night before <laughs> a battle. <laughs> That was a good moment as well. <laughs> I, I hadn't even considered that. That was a terrific moment. Uh, but I think we see that more than once, or at least it's mentioned more than once. So I think it can f- figure in this discussion yeah. of Legion. Um, so that's very and al- strong. And also, if if a uh, one person is going to completely encompass a Legion, Eidolon <laughs> is, is the perfect Emperor's child, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, well, I guess Lucius as well is sort of in the sort of the in the way that he is obsessed with the sort of artistry of yeah. the swordsman or the sword, you know, sword artistry or whatever. Um, he like, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 sorry, yeah, crack on. I was just thinking. I just suddenly remembered about <laughs> what's their framework called again? Fulgrim is rubbish sculptures. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh oh, possible top moment. <laughs> we might have to go we back to, to the moment as yeah, I remember never... things. Yeah, so that was terrific. Um, which yeah, which makes me think it's it's the emperor's children. Yeah, I, I mean, you're following a very similar path to me. Uh, those two were absolutely up there for me, and I I think. I think the word baiters have to be a late entrant into that picture as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the whole because of the guy who sets his fire, his hands on fire, <laughs> yes, <laughs> in amongst a a legion that likes to wear paper even more than the average space marine. Um, there's a guy walking around, <laughs> just like setting fire to shit, or like just bumping into somebody else. Sorry, and, like, mate. Sorry, fucking. <laughs> Set, sorry, set sorry. your manuscript on it's, on it's on your head on fire <laughs> oh sorry man. was that your oath of moment sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah i mean that's yeah that was one thing that was really funny but in general the word bearers and in their um you know their expression of their central gimmick were you know it was it was a committed uh like they, as a, the writer or the legion or whatever way you want to describe it, they committed to the gimmick. You know, like it was books and it was reading, it was words. And it was like, yeah, it was. So you had, the, as we discussed when we uh, talked about Battle for the Abyss, there was a, like the main bad guy in that book seemed to virtually entirely express himself through sermons. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, there was that line. I can't remember what the line was, but um, the the gist of it was that he had carved runes or he had carved the word of Lorgar into his scalp and face and shit. Um, and that it gave like unnecessary gravitas. To- <laughs> <laughs> and that was a great line. That was an absolute belter. I that, that like I could think about that like I could write a, a thesis on that <laughs> two word phrase unnecessary gravitas it's like <laughs> pregnant with with information that phrase um and then of you know of course a book a line uh, sorry a moment that could stand in that is the sort of the ultimate expression of their uh their thing as a legion that could stand in as a metaphor for this whole series when the giant boot constructed in the front of the giant spaceship opens up and reveals a huge gun inside it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Subtle. Uh, so they were pretty good. And I, mm, I don't know, like, uh, I think those are definitely the three that I would pick from. Um, oh, we've got the World Eaters as well. They were memorable, but. No, nah, they're definitely not in my top three. Um, I don't know. I think I would probably, yeah, I'd probably go for the for the word bearers. The word bearers, okay. First one we've disagreed on. Uh, I would have to say, uh, they are a second. Although I did like um, the Death Guard. They were they were fairly interesting. Although that's only because their Primarch was the Grim Reaper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so maybe that's not even them. Maybe that's just like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, Good decision, man. We maybe have a. We may, so you're going to Emperor's children, are you? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. St- definitely stay with should that. Should we? Should we add in a favorite Primark um, category? Ooh, this, this is going to be well. Mm, it's so close it's going to, to be the tricky. Legion one, you know. So like, but I think it yeah. is a slightly different question. Um, hmm. we can come back to it. We can. Let's come. Let's come back to it, but let's let's take a a slight break, okay. a detour, as it, as it were. We uh we're not in the same room, uh this time, but we are, uh celebrating New Year's, which is in a few days. But this will be released on New Year's Eve or day or whatever. So we're having a few drinks, uh, and it's um, it's good. Will, what drink are you drinking right now? Uh, I'm drinking a uh, Tony Port, Tony Port, whatever that means. I mean, it's Port. What's Tony? I don't know. There's different types of Port. Um, I would say it's just not as sweet. I had another bottle of Port that I brought over to my parents' house for Christmas. Um, oh, it's your second bottle of Port. It's my second bottle of Port. Um, I don't normally drink Port, although I was just remembering when we were chatting about this is... Um, so me and Neil were both in the same halls of residence at university, and for some for reasons that I can't remember, um, on the first day I turned up there, I had a bottle of port with me, um, and I was sitting, drinking that, and um, it was literally like that situation where you're just trying to meet, or you just try to chat to people, and you're obviously nervous as hell, and the drink for some reason that I had chosen to take with me was port i'm not sure if i was like trying to work a gimmick in that way that sort of insecure 
you know <laughs> teenagers sometimes do but um i don't i genuinely don't remember what was my reasoning in turning up with a bottle of port but that's one but I'm, what is your reasoning for drinking it now when you're a fucking grown man well like what is it you're either the most middle class person or like the most alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> well, the the initial reason was I was just in Marks and Spencer's, uh, and they had a bottle of port for six pounds down from twelve, and I was like, "Hmm, uh, that's a saving. Give that a go." And I also thought, like, my parents don't really drink alcohol, but like, port's really sweet, and I thought maybe they would have a little glass of port. You know, they might like that, um, which they did, and um, yeah, it was a hit. So. Um, <laughs> best best christmas drink <laughs> so i sorted them. so i went back for another one but that that particular kind of port wasn't on that deal anymore so i got a a tawny port uh for eight pounds and that's what i'm drinking just now um so that's far too much far more detail than than you probably wanted when you brought this up but there you no, go no no i because I, I i did just want to make the listeners aware of neil what are you what do you have uh, I've got a, a Thatcher's Gold Somerset Cider, which is um, uh, delicious. And, well, mm, that's maybe going a little bit too far. It's drinkable and uh, it's cold, so you can't really taste it that much. So uh, that's good. Um, my uh, brother-in-law brought me back something from America, which I have... Um, I've known what they are, but never really uh, tried it. Do you know? Do you know what a forty is? Well, like a size of beer. Uh, yeah, bottle. a forty ounce. Yeah. Now I I haven't the faintest idea of what an ounce is or what it relates to, but it looked about uh, a little. It looked about a liter. It looked quite big. No, maybe a little bit more than a liter. Right. It may maybe a liter and a half. I would say maybe something like that. Um. But it's malt liquor, which is something we don't have. Do you know what malt liquor I is? I do not. I don't know what it literally is, but it's basically export strength beer. And it is absolutely disgusting. And you know I don't I don't drink beer. So he brought me this back as a sort of fun joking jest, because I did buy him a bottle of Buckfast once. Um and it is undrinkable shite. Um so that's still over there um, in Northern Ireland and will not ever get drunk because my parents aren't going to drink something that's like 12% beer. Is this the same brother-in-law who is a poet? Yes. Has he, have you ever, because I remember you, you actually, going back to the Harpers Accord line, I remember you referenced <laughs> that you told them about this and they found it. Oh, yes, that's true. Highly amazing. Yeah. So have you ever discussed this, anything about this with him again? No, we haven't actually, but I, I didn't even think about doing that whenever I was over um, for Christmas. Um, I should have done that, but um, I'll maybe I'll um, maybe get him on to, to, to talk about certain lines. I, I, I wouldn't ever want to make him read one of the books, but <laughs> we could be we could maybe send him some samples or some gobbets, you know, <laughs> that'd be good. Um we can like you know we can like commission a poem from fucking <laughs> <laughs> but anyway back to business back to the affairs at hand yeah we've discussed our favorite legion 
we disagreed, but I, you know, we're still friends. I don't think we substantially disagreed. I could have just as easily gone with the Emperor's Children, but maybe the maybe the word bearers are fresher in my mind, and they just they were so straight down the line, committed to their central concept. Whereas, like, there was too much of the Emperor's Children was just banging on about the idea of perfection, which just like yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, but they did have a lot of good other elements um but yeah so what was our next what was our next our next our next best is best planet best planet this is another one where i think we may well agree but we may not um because there's certainly those are the two options (laughs) there's certainly one that really sticks in my memory and i'm not sure if i really think it's the best or if it's just the most memorable but uh i i have one ready i don't know about you hit me up Spiderland. Uh, Spiderland. That's not my choice. Okay. No. Nope. Um, but there are. Is it just because the name Spiderland is so fucking stupid? But also, it's literally called murder, <laughs> which is it's like almost as stupid. It's like either way around, you can just think of them being like it. Just it's hilarious to think that they thought one of those names was too on the nose, and it's like no, we better, <laughs> we better, we better go with dial it back a bit, boys. <laughs> But only, only the smallest amount, the only infinitesimal amount. Dial it back. Um, but no, like, I, like I knew there was other, there were others. That was one that was. I knew there were others that were pretty good, but they kind of, um, to a certain extent, they have melded into one in my memory as like just these yeah. like alien planets that are just have really elaborate, beautiful architecture that is like and seem to have a much greater appreciation of like art and stuff than the average uh representative of the of the imperium that we meet and to, so as to a certain extent they've blended into one even though some of them were really good whereas like murder slash spiderland was really vividly depicted and uh i don't know it just sticks out in my memory so i'm gonna go with that as my number one planet mine is i can't remember the name of mine or which book it came from but there was a planet uh that was described as a plague planet and it was like uh green and lush but like sort of wet from decomposition and, and stuff like that it was just re- described really re- really well um this is a, a our first serious choice um which i apologize for well um, yeah i mean but uh no it it was described really well and like everything was like rotting and there was uh like a that kind of wet that humidity in the air it was hot and wet and it was um stinking and uh yeah it was it was described really well and this this is one of uh this was one uh this was very early, wasn't it? It was in one of the first few books. I would say maybe book three uh, or maybe book four, but I'm just guessing that the, it was around that time. And it's where really they like encountered like Nurgle demons and stuff. Uh, it, presumably it would have been, yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Um, similar question following on from that. Um, what, who were your favourite... What were your favourite aliens? Um, or like alien civilization, Or not, you know... Hmm. I hmm. I like the I like the bit. This isn't really 
this isn't my answer, but I, I really liked when they encountered the Interrex and the Interrex like laughed at them for being so oh, stupid. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that bit. But no, my my favorite uh, alien species was around that same part in the books. There were ones that had like different forms. There was a flying form and a walking form and a soldier form and stuff. But they had uh, the stained glass armor. Oh yeah, they were good. Yeah, yeah. I think that might be book two or something like that. Um, and I can't really say more than that because they weren't really given enough time uh, before Lucius killed them all. But um, I was just really intrigued by what kind of culture would produce stained glass armor. Yeah, I mean, some of the most creative and interesting stuff in these books is comes in the shape of those planets and aliens that are that that they that are encountered in these books that are not part of the sort of um uh canon or not well they are part of the canon i guess but like not part of the mainstream factions yeah. of warhammer Forty Thousand. you know what i mean like just the ones that presumably the writers have had the opportunity to like make up themselves uh yeah and, and maybe a large part of it is like maybe they haven't made them up like do you know what i mean like maybe they just thought oh stained glass armor that's cool because they're obviously leaving up a lot to the reader. You know, they, it's just a dashed off line that they had stained glass armor. And there's, that's pregnant with a whole world of of possibilities that isn't written. Yeah. But is it's still there and sort of awaiting to be tapped almost. Yeah, no, I, there are a lot of there are a lot of good ones, I think, for this. Um so, so are you are you going for one or the other of those? I'm I'm going stained glass armor people. Stained glass armor. Um, I wasn't sure what I was going to say for this, um, and I think your picks are good ones. But then, just out of nowhere, I remembered about the sentient cloud of dust. Oh fuck! And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Um, so that was in the one about the <sighs> fuck. <laughs> the one about the all the the cabal intrigue and stuff and then at one point it references a sentient cloud of dust there is a yeah there's a species in the cabal that's now nearly extinct but is just a sentient cloud of dust that is fucking way better (laughs) well i mean it's slightly it's a bit of a cop-out because that's just like a very brief mention whereas the ones you've discussed are actually fleshed out in a bit more detail so um wasn't there also a, a sort of a, a living beam of light or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But that's the, also, I've heard that in many um, sci-fi stories before beam of light. Yeah, 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 whatever. So, so that's aliens covered. So before we get onto our favorite book, maybe we should discuss that Primark uh, question. We thought about adding in. Yeah. Um, so who have we encountered? Rogaldorn. Rogaldor. It's it's not him. Uh, Ro- Horus. Horus. Um, not him at all. Not Definitely him. not. Definitely. He not. just seems. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Fulgrim. He's. Huh. Yeah. He's entertaining. Potentially a candidate. Um, Ferris Manus is too humorless. <laughs> he's a bit funny. <laughs> that uh, situation you mentioned earlier with the the art. Um, but no, I don't think he's a serious candidate for the number one um angron angron i mean 
one note, but it's a good one note. <laughs> he seems to like somehow he's sort of in the background, but he's also uh, very prominent because he just sort of him and his legion take, I guess, one of the, you know one of the fighting on violence. Obviously, is a core theme of these books, and they just they just absolutely go further with that than anyone so he stands out um, but I, I also like that his anger makes it difficult for him to like function yeah <laughs> you know, like he, he almost finds it difficult standing silent in a conference room because he's so angry <laughs> he's just like it's just exploding out of him yeah that's that's pretty funny so we've got those two and then we've got of course who you referenced earlier mortarian who is the grim reaper yeah that and he was also quite thoughtful as well wasn't he like he was he um questioned about bringing nathaniel garrow on board into the um into the heresy and was like asking him questions but then we have Lionel Johnson <laughs> who is fine in every way whatever he's called Lionel Johnson though <laughs> and that is said alongside Angron the angry one Mortarian the grim reaper and then you have Lionel <laughs> the geography teacher um it's um i don't know i don't know whether i i hate it so much that i could never choose it or i love it so much that it's obviously him. <laughs> <laughs> um who else have we got we had we saw sanguinius briefly we saw sanguinius we did yeah he has angel wings so no not him <laughs> um there must be more than that we haven't we have we seen Magnus? Or we haven't. Or he just he's just been mentioned quite he's a bit. He's been described. But, yeah, exactly. Um, so we haven't seen him. We haven't seen Perdurabo. We haven't seen um, the Khan. There was or have we? There's a battle in one of the books where like Korax and some others are there, but they don't like they almost like. Yeah, you know, in yeah, a really I, noticeable way, three. don't really get mentioned because they're going to have their own books down the line, kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't, but he is. Uh, I think he's basically a goth. Yeah, which makes me like him a lot. Um, but can't be him. We haven't we haven't seen Gilliman yet, uh, but it would never be him anyway. So, who's the word? The word bearer is Lorgar, but we don't Lorgar. see a lot of him, do we? Like, no. It's more like the word bearers are more represented through other members of Erebus. Yeah. yeah, Corferon. Um, yeah, I mean that's a good. <sighs> the Primarchs are shit. I mean that is, this is sort of um, allowing us to come back to the point that the Primarchs are bad because. There's no way to make those characters interesting. Well, the problem with them, which again is something we've talked about a fair bit, is that like a lot of the descriptions of them were just they were so magnificent that you know a so and so character had to bow his head and yeah, and, like just like constantly just this um, superlative language that doesn't you know. So in the, for for that reason, I'm going to go with Angron because because <laughs> he has a very strong central gimmick that always comes up and always gets, um, you always kind of, which you know 
sounds like a thing that makes a character terrible but at least it gives something for it to hang on to rather than just like this guy is so great he's so amazing he's so brilliant yeah you know, like, and it's just um so i'm gonna go with him but but fulgrim was uh probably second place for me with his you know his amateur efforts at sculpting and stuff like that um <laughs> i i don't i don't want to do this but i have to i have to agree okay for the sheer reason that everyone yeah everyone else was like um they had to avert their eyes because of the sheer magnetism of his personality or something yeah. but no if if anyone was averting their eyes at angron it was because he was so angry <laughs> Because he was like that person that you just like put you yeah. totally on edge, and you're like, please say they don't yeah, notice exactly. me at all. Because <laughs> it's always it always comes down to him being like super angry. Like uh, Horace will say, "Oh, my brother uh, Sanguinius is uh, the most beautiful being in the world. Lorgar, a clever man. Uh, uh, Gilliman, uh, what a uh, the arch pragmatist. Angron." He's furious, mate. <laughs> and like, and also, like all, all of the Primarchs will have like different descriptions for each other, except Angron, and every one of them will just go, he's just too angry for me. Or the other one will go, oh, I love how fucking angry he gets. And his name, um, his name is almost the word angry as well. So, you know, there's, there's, there's that as well. Oh, really? I've, I've never noticed that. <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm happy with that choice. But that of, is, of, uh, that is what truly is. If like the ultramarines, they're going to be called like Pragmaton, and um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Orger would be like Bukium or something. You know what I mean? That's, that's basically what I'm. Like, what's his main thing? He's angry. We can't the call thousand, him angry. The thousand sons are like called El Magnificos or something. <laughs> <laughs> Los Magnificos. <laughs> That'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it makes me think a bit of like, what was, uh, what was the name of that? Like, oh yeah, God, um, Avatar. Which is, uh, remember there was a substance called unobtainium that they were after. Oh my God! And it was like Jesus that, Christ. You spent millions and of... millions of pounds. You know, a huge amount of yeah. skill and artistry gone into making this film, and you couldn't come up with a better name than. On obtainium, um, that's uh, that's one of the biggest grossing movies of all time. Like that's in that I think it was the the top one. I think yeah, it was the yeah. first. It's now like top five or something. It's been displaced by some group of bad Marvel movie or other. Um, but yeah, like it's stunning. Like not even these books would stoop to that. <laughs> yeah, that terrible level on obtainium. We've done prime arc, so we're on to the last of our favourites we picked out, and this is their favourite book. Well, we both agree on this one, do we? Don't we? It's a uh, Descent of Angels by Mitchell Scanlon. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with that. It's uh, where Zadkiel and Namiel start off as um, just boys on their planet. They join the Order and. Actually, that's that, that's a good point. We don't actually meet any space marines in this book, or if we do, it's at the very, very end. Towards they the are end. literal humans. I, I can't remember actually how this book finishes off, but like there is a reasonable chunk of it that is in the Imperium 
like once they've become part of the Imperium. But they're... oh, that's right. Sorry, I'm just thinking because we split them up during the episodes. Yeah, yeah. The the first half we don't meet any Space Marines at all, and then the second half is like largely Space Marines. But um, yeah, even when they become Space Marines, they aren't portrayed as just shitty one note characters they they still have something of their old selves about them i've forgotten how this book finishes off but i i remember vividly not important the, the first the first half which was um had this kind of like fairy tale like sort of myth yeah. mythical um had, had a very sort of lance lancelot and yeah yeah uh, uh, the the green knight about them almost yeah that's that's what it was more than fairy tale it was more like sort of I don't know, like yeah, medieval romance sort of uh, yeah vibe to it. Um, and you know these knights went on quests, and there was all these beasts in this dark, mysterious uh, forest that sur- surrounded them and, and covered most of the planet. Um, and it's it, it it's nice to have like the you know the dark forest full of fear and monsters is just a, a classic uh, place to set your uh, story about, you know, romance and knights and uh, and sort of a, a pre-industrial world. Um, we have tons of those stories ourselves and it just just works. And it also it allowed chaos to be addressed in a much more subtle way than it usually is these books mm-hmm. like as in there was moments where like <clears throat> i mean i guess you did kind of know it was talking about chaos but it was talking about sort of mysterious dark forces or you know th- they felt within this forest and um like i say i guess you probably did normally assume that was going to tie in with the chaos but it wasn't made explicit in the way that i guess it yeah it wasn't made explicit as like your face will melt off it was it was like it was like um the there is an evil you yeah. know somewhere that may, that makes an already scary creature a bit scarier yeah whereas like and it's, yeah sorry no 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 sorry go I ahead was, i was, I was just going to say like there was there were some cool bits like in like the first or second book before just the first sighting i guess of you know a chaos presence um in these books there were some cool moments but like it wasn't long it didn't take long before someone had turned into a monster basically you know like (laughs) or someone had fully like i can't remember there was a there was a someone in the in horus's legion like a trusted you know one of the most beloved I think he was, um, like, leaders within the Legion turned into a big sort of zombie thing with, like, mutate, mutant claws and stuff like that. Um, oh, the, f- the first one was in the mountain uh, shrine. Oh, yeah, like the Whispers or something like that. Or, the Whisperheads, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and Loken was there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like in in the forty k universe, so when chaos touches something, they turn into uh, a demon creature. But this, it, it chaos is just sort of 
a little bit more grounded in the history of the world, I suppose, and in the the actual landscape of the world. Do you know, like, what it was what it did well for me is like, do you know that way maybe you'll sometimes get in like stories the idea or films that like the idea that like I don't know, let's say like the devil is like you know revealed to be this one actual thing, but that it's been represented in all these different ways in different cultures. You know, but yeah. they're all referring to the same being, um, and and that was kind of like I sort of felt like because maybe maybe because it started with the sort of pre-imperium description of this culture in much more depth than you get in any of the other books thus far. Um, it was like you were actually getting to see what these things were like from their perspective and how that perspective coloured their understanding of them. You know, so like mm-hmm. whether that be like the presence of chaos. Or whether it be when the when the space moon uh, space marines arrived, and they or like the Imperium arrived, and they were like you know sort of I think they initially described them as like angels sent from the heavens and stuff like that, and like um, so I thought like that was part of what made it cool is like it wasn't just like it was just a more convincing um, portrayal of a particular yeah. culture and how they understood things. It it. Yeah, because it, it kind of doesn't. It it's almost less scary if they're always like horned demon monsters. Yeah, but it, if you tailor the terror to something that the people know about, but twist it in some way, um, it it makes it hit home all the more. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, I totally agree. It's uh, but that that was the best book I. I um I don't think anyone could disagree and don't think anyone ever has. <laughs> um cool. So that's all our that's all the categories we had planned plus an extra one covered. Um Did we uh you made mention in the uh the last podcast of doing a state of the podcast. I didn't because I cut it out. <laughs> what I just meant was like, yeah, just a discussion of, well, which I guess is what we've been doing over the course of this episode is looking back at where we've been, where are we planning on going, um, can we stomach another year of reading and chatting about these books every two weeks, um, and uh, yeah, just like I guess plans for the plans for the future. Well. I we don't have any plans as yet, so this is largely a conversation of discovery. Um, I do you remember when like podcasts were like good fun? <laughs> I'm like, no, I, that's not what I. That's, I'm not saying we're, we're ours is not ours is ours is one of the few that is. But like, I used to listen to podcasts before they were called podcasts, like back in two thousand and like. Wow three or what four were they or whatever it was they were called uh, rss feeds with enclosures <laughs> seriously and uh you couldn't get the like you didn't get them on apps you had to paste the rss feed into the app itself is before itunes had created a directory and they were like they were fucking weird and it was brilliant that i i can remember listening to one it only had like three episodes and then they, it just disappeared. It was a, a trucker 
in the United States just talking about trucking and like his time on the road. But it was just about like the boredom and monotony of the road and what he gets up to and he talked to himself and the music that he played and if he was late pissing in bottles and throwing it out and it was weird and he can't have got many listeners but it was real and like it didn't have an intro didn't have any editing it was weird and now whenever you download a new podcast app every single podcast that's recommended to you it's the same shit um it's maximum fun it's all the same networks or it's fucking joe rogan fuck fuck off i don't give a shit about joe rogan's podcast and they're all owned by like major corporations and major media outlets and stuff and obviously there are the same weird podcasts out there but it's just fucking harder to find them and i am just glad that we we have got no chance of ever attracting you know the big advertisers like honestly but this is a good thing like we will never attract the attention of nature box or uh, any of those companies that like send you food ingredients but it's already cut up so that's you know good or of the big mattress firms that like like to advertise on podcasts i think that's all of the podcast advertisers no there's squarespace as well um like we uh, and so we don't have any of that shit to like um to to stifle us or to like uh put requirements on us so what i would like to, us to do would be like more weird stuff different more stuff weird. yeah i mean that's like i guess like the books we're looking I, at are sort of inherently weird but the way we have at least structured our approach to discussing them has been fairly like conventional in yeah sense it's, just... it's yeah it's a book review podcast so like there's there's only so much you can do with that but like we did do the um the audio thing which i think was a field experiment but it was uh it was fun to do and uh there are like some things that um i would be i'd be really interested to hear what listeners think about um like we we have in the past said like oh yo get in touch it's really nice to hear from you and it genuinely is but I have a few sort of questions to the listeners that I, I would really ask for their opinions on. Um, one of those would be like, is it all like, what if we did something other than 40K? Because we did have a suggestion from a listener about an Ian, Ian M. Banks book. And it's like it's one of the blind spots i have in sci-fi i've never read an ian banks book um but like i don't want to do it if if people don't want that from us do you know what i mean yeah uh, and also those are meant to be really fucking good sci-fi books so there may be a few less laughs in amongst them I'm not... we're not gonna we're not gonna stop doing 40k books that is going to be the bulk of what we do but 
is that a thing that people want? I, mean, I guess I would ask their opinions on. But uh, I, I am a little like just like I think you've raised a lot of interesting points there, and the I'm kind of torn between. I definitely there's a certain appeal to me in just the 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 slog of getting through this massive series, and I think that is like to me that's part of the appeal of doing this like is yeah and just like seeing how that grows and like uh seeing how beaten down we get exactly (laughs) um i mean i do have concerns with that as well it just might just be the same things repeatedly that we're finding entertaining or getting annoyed by but i think thus far i think there has been enough variety in like i mean there's obviously a lot of tropes that come up again and again but there's been enough variety in how in what's been in it and and how we've felt about it i think that it's it's worked thus far at least uh well i'll leave that you know to, to no no <laughs> I, I, to judge, but like i think it's we think it's worked okay um i thought like um i, I want to make clear to listeners this this is literally the first time Will and I have talked about this. Yeah. Um. This decision has not been made. No, no, no. I am. I am keen. Literally, like I am. We will base our decision on what you guys say. This is well. Uh, well. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll we'll take it into consideration. I'm not going to say. We will take, I'm not yeah, going to say exactly. we're going to like just do whatever. Like uh, we won't buy down to what anybody says, but um, <laughs> we will. Uh, uh no, no. Uh, but like we will decide what we do if 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 we get like uh people say like oh we don't want that we we want the slog we want you to suffer (laughs) uh then we will do that like thing is what i'm not suggesting is that we stop doing horus heresy books because um i really like them yeah so it's just like whether we intersperse it every now and again with a different book here's the thing though right if we are gonna if we're gonna be doing horus heresy books I would rather do them on like a two-year burn than like the idea of like uh, just doing one one every like few episodes while we do other shit. I'm like that would like I I'm totally up for like what you say about like doing some weird shit and like the idea of like reading a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, is is exciting and cool. You know, like I was in. A charity shop, like charity bookshop, near here. That's pretty good, and like, you know, I was looking. You know, you get a lot of stuff in uh, sci-fi of like, you know, collection, or you find a lot of stuff in a charity shop of like things like collections of sci-fi stories, like the best sci-fi of nineteen seventy-two and stuff like that. You know, and like the idea of being able to pick some random, or not so random, but just pick some stories from something like that. Um, and just find some weird stuff, and then also in turn, in our the way that we deal with it, to maybe try and be more like just come up with more weird, unusual ways of discussing those books than just a standard kind of, um, I don't know, review format. Then maybe that would be really fun. On the other hand, we've read enough of the Horus Heresy now that it would. <laughs> I'm almost like I don't want I don't want that to be wasted, you know. <laughs> like I want, to, I want to press on, I get to the end. Um, but that's like oh yeah, like I, I I would consider it a failure 
if we don't get to the end of this fucking Horace Heresy series. Yeah, and if we are doing that, I'm like, I always wanted to stay on that rather than like uh, do other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not saying that's definitively what I want to do. Like, I am, I see appeal in both directions. But like, well, yeah, it certainly would be interesting to get some input if anyone has any thoughts on that. But well, let me let me try and um, whet your appetite because. As you know, I am a collector of shit sci-fi books. Okay. And um, I haven't read these, um, but I've just picked them out of my, uh, randomly out of my uh, bookshelf. Here's a suggestion. How about Buck Toller's toughest thriller, <laughs> The Bronzeville Massacre? That sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, it, does, it does. Or how about uh, from the Mayflower Science Fantasy range, Fritz Lieber, a specter, is haunting Texas. <laughs> and let me tell you, well, the cover of that book is everything you think of and more. Right, okay, I think I, I think I misunderstood that, what you just said there. I think you said the author is Fritz Lieber and the title is a specter haunting Texas. Is that right? Yes. When I first heard that as Fritz Lieber, comma, a specter is haunting <laughs> Oi, Fritz! <laughs> Fritz Lieber the Spectre is haunting Texas. Um. <laughs> but also, also something that I'm asking for opinions on, uh, horseheretics at gmail.com, um, is we, we did our own sort of writing of uh, uh, the outline to the book where we killed corn. <laughs> And we did some really and, good and stuff. And you're very proud of it. Very I am. I'm deeply proud of it. In many ways, it's the it's the thing I'm most proud of in in my entire life, <laughs> and is and is literally the best thing Black Library has ever stroke never done. Um, but I would I, I would be interested if any of our listeners would be interested in taking part in like a collaborative writing thing, where we write our own short story. Um, if they are, um, I would set up a website. We could do it there. But I, I just like, in the interest of doing weird stuff and doing interesting stuff that may be a complete total failure, but may not be, um, we would like see if collaborative writing, if it, it will make for like good, funny storytelling. Um, I would be interested to hear what people say about that. So let us know. To go back to your uh, brother-in-law who we mentioned earlier, I think we should... He is not going to do it, man. We, he's we, he's, we, he's too good. But I think we need to try to make Black Library poetry a thing. Like, uh, mm. <laughs> actually have, like, try and write our own poems based, based on these books. Oh or invite readers God. to do so. Oh, God. That is the best fucking idea. <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking of, like, embarrassing sonnets <laughs> i'm thinking of like epic epic poetry in like terzarima or a tavarima or something <laughs> just like oh my god <laughs> i'm going to get a pencil where's my fucking <laughs> uh okay um that's a possibility for the future well let's let, let's take that it's offline like way, and talk the, about what we can do the way the conversation was going i was like you start off just highlighting some favorite moments from the year and before you know it another chaos god is dead you know that's that's the way this conversation is going like, no no will no will 
this poem is going to birth a new chaos god think about that think about that a a god birthed by rhyming actually by the words of the poem like the poem is the incantation that brought it brings it to life it it brings it to life and is its life oh that's that's good the god of poetry (laughs) (laughs) that would be a good legend that would be a great gimmick (laughs) everyone with a flower in his hand (laughs) prancing around handing out daffodils and only speaking in like rhyming couplets (laughs) even for their one-liners they blast an alien's face off (laughs) no Yes. He quipped him so hard that he fell to pieces. <laughs> Except that like the the higher up in the legions, they don't use rhyming couplets, like they use like free poetry. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah. just <laughs> That's how you get promoted. <laughs> you get the more avant garde exactly. you get with <laughs> <laughs> He's loosed himself from the bounds of, of the, the purest rhyme scheme. <laughs> yeah like the the like um the like apprentices or like the scouts or whatever they're called or like they ju- they just do like they can just do limericks and stuff like that you know just... <laughs> yeah. oh this is good this is good stuff this is good stuff let's take this and let's uh fashion it into something that we do for the entirety of 2020 um Listeners, if you have opinions on anything we've said, horseheretics at gmail.com. We really want, I mean, we would really love to hear anything that you have to say. Say hello, do whatever. But if you have opinions on anything we've said, let us know. We'll take it into account. Even if it is, um, don't change anything. Just do exactly what you've been doing. Yeah. Um, it's fun. And, and, and you know, like, that would we, be helpful to We know, will continue yeah. to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely, and like, I suppose on that uh, similar note, I mean, I think we discussed this briefly before, but like, when we started doing this podcast, we, it was an extension or a growth out of just uh, conversations in the pub, essentially, or, you know, just uh, that had been going back about 10 years, as Neil referenced earlier, um, to when I first lent you one of these books, and like, even years later, even though I, I hadn't read any of these for ages, and I don't think you had either, um, we st- it still would come up, and we you'd still talk about being sanguine about that. Um, so then we just <laughs> thought we kind of just thought like obviously we don't we don't live in the same place, so this was a good reason to continue those conversations, and a good reason to catch up by doing this, and we quite honestly just set out to do it on that level. So to actually have people um, listening, and you know. Uh, saying hello to us by email and stuff it's really it's not like we we didn't think that would be a, a part of it really i just didn't even think of that as what we were doing but it, it is nice to actually know that in you know someone's actually listening out there i don't know yeah um so we appreciate that that's the i i totally agree very earnestly it is um it's a pleasure to know that anyone can find like something worth listening to in this shit um and if you do well best of luck to you i suppose (laughs) um please do get in touch Uh, fucking hell like well in 2020 
we're talking about being innovative, talking about like doing weird shit. We could even set up a Twitter account or something, Ooh. man. Like, <laughs> uh, we could we could try that. We'll think about it. Uh. <laughs> you'd have to man it. You'd have Ooh. to admin that. <laughs> I'm just filling Will with the most dread that he's ever experienced. Um, Will, do you have anything left to say to the wonderful listeners before we enter? 2020 you know, an exciting year ahead of us who knows what like genuinely i feel like i say this all the time but like um we've how many books in are we now to the horse heresy uh, having the faintest idea like six eight seven no, i think we're about eight are we not like, oh shit well eight let's say eight so uh mechanicum is the next one i've never read that and i think there's only maybe one or two more that i've read at all um and so I'm genuinely quite excited to see where this goes. Uh, so looking forward to 2020. Obviously, we've just raised the possibility that we might do any number of other things. But I think still probably the most likely thing is that we'll just crack on with these books and add in some random stuff alongside that. Um, but we don't know. We're, we're, we're open to discussing it and um, taking different directions. But even if it is just carrying on with these books, I'm looking forward to that. I, all I have to say is that there is a a, a spectre haunting Texas, <laughs> and I'd really like to know what happens about that and whether it's called Fritz Lieber or not. <laughs> um, thanks everyone for listening. It's been a pleasure. Um, we hope you continue to listen in 2020. Uh, you, there is a lot more horse heresy. Uh, so yeah, uh, happy New Year, I guess. You'd really left me hanging there, Neil. <laughs> Done. <laughs>